0: Assalamu alaikum. I'm Khalil Alika.
1: And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com.
0: So, AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with
1: purpose. And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So, welcome and enjoy. Today, with Accidental Muslims, we have Hadid for being here. Hi, Thank you for having me, and um, it's a real pleasure. First question Who is Khadija
2: Daris? You know, I was listening to your other podcast, and I knew that this question was coming, but it's also Okay. So, it's a
1: really deep
2: question. Yes. Um, yes. So, who is Khadija Daris? It's a very surface level answer. Um, Khadija Daris is a Muslim. an aspiring student, mm-hmm. seeker, researcher, daughter, sister, friend, a lover of chocolate and uh, earth girl and pinching on chocolate while watching earth I don't know, just a normal average um, person, you know, striving to live a life of balance and purpose, I guess.
1: Okay, so you, you graduated from Medina Institute. Yes, in twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Okay. You want to tell us a little bit before we get to that. Actually, you um, as a younger person. So, school, younger. What you know? How did that journey go? Um. Okay. So I I grew up in a very
2: traditional Cape Malay Muslim household. Hadat night on a Thursday and two sisters and tea on a mm-hmm. Sunday morning. A very a very traditional. Yeah. average Cape Malay upbringing um, but my father was very um, he had a, a great deep he still has deep love for Islamic knowledge so growing up there was always that um, religion was a hot topic in our house always and um, I think that kind of sparked an interest in me in religion itself yes, yes. Um, and so uh, like most people um you know, I went to madrasa in primary school years. I and mean, then I kind of left around 12, 13. And I never really got any other Islamic studies throughout high school. I mean, after high school, until I started working. Okay. Um, so the odd class year over there and the conversations that we had in our home was about all that I've had in terms of Islamic learning. And... Um, I kind of after, so I finished matric, I studied, I started working and then I got a better job and kind of went through what I would, I suppose, uh, a uh, spiritual awakening of sorts. Um, And that sort of led me to Medina Institute. So I just wanted to learn more to grow myself.
1: Okay. So, So getting to Medina Institute. 2015, which was after school, oh, well, after working. So, and after working, and yeah. Uh, okay. I'm in the what was the journey like? So, starting at Medina, because I know that, that was that's a big part of your life, the journey getting there, and actually you remember your first class, what was that like?
2: Leading up to Medina, I think um, like I said, I, you know, as you grow up, we kind of are taught that you need to get an education in order to have a good job, in yeah. order to have money or wealth in order to live a good life. Mm. So that's what I aspired to. That's what I worked for. And then, um, so I got my first job. It didn't pay very well, but it gave me experience. And then I got my second job and it's, um, you know, I, I was able to buy my first car and then I was able to buy a better, an upgrade. And so I achieved everything that I had worked my whole life up until that point, what I had worked for. And it was kind of, it was a bit of an anticlimax because it felt like, is this it? Like, okay, so now I'm gaining material Material, things, like I'm able to buy stuff. Yay. And that's all there is to life. Like, this is so boring. (laughs) (laughs) There must be something more. So, yeah, so that was... um, is that and then there was also um uh, the the place that i worked the office that i worked in i was the only muslim person and um people were asking questions about islam that i didn't really know how to answer and also i kind of felt shy to um speak about my muslim identity or i always felt like if i'm going to speak about so i would make salah um very quietly, like I would leave very quietly without saying anything, I would go make sure somewhere in the boardroom where nobody else can see me and and I always felt like, how am I going to explain, like, what is salah, why do we do this, I don't know I just do it, I feel like I need to, I have to and so, but I don't. I wouldn't know how to explain this to a non-Muslim and they're going to think I'm weird, so um, I had all these questions myself and also other people were asking me questions that I couldn't answer and I felt really disadvantaged in a sense because I am claiming to live this Islamic way of life, yes. but I don't know why. I'm just going through the motions. Like, I know it feels right and um, it feels good and I should do it, but I don't really know why I'm doing it, you know. I decided to leave my job to go and study. So before I went to my dentist, I did some part-time Courses and stuff, but it wasn't enough. I felt like I always needed more. Yeah. And uh, then I decided, it took me a very long time to make that choice, but to leave my job mm-hmm. and to um, go and study Usuluddin, intensive. And uh, we asked me about my first class, and I do remember my first yeah. class actually. It was with Sheikh uh, Afifuddin uh, He spoke about character and how um, knowledge is supposed to bring you towards, it's supposed to transform your character. And he, um, I remember he, sp- he, he told the story, it always stuck with me, um, about um, Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam, and how he. there was a man who um, said something derogatory about Allah. And so, Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam, he uh, rebuked the man. And the man left. And then Jibril alayhis came back, came to, to Nabi Ibrahim and he said, um, you know, you shouldn't have done that, yeah. uh, you, you should apologize to the man. And anyway, so the so Nabi Ibrahim went and he, he ran after the man and he, he actually, the man had left already and he went to go look for him. And then he came and he apologized and he asked him to come back, he wants to give him a meal or something like that, to make up for it. And then um, the man said, why, you were so rude to me yesterday, why are you being so nice to me now? Mm-hmm. And then he said, because my Lord rebuked me for the way that I rebuked you. Yes. And then, uh, this man said, well, if that's the Lord that you worship, he yeah. rebuked you yeah. for, for the way that you spoke to me when I said he doesn't even exist, then that's the Lord, the kind of Lord that I want to worship. So, um, so he was saying the point that he was making is that your knowledge that you have, it's nothing if, if you don't have character. It's your character to bring people to Islam. It's your character that will will make you prosper. So yeah, that was a nice start to, <laughs> to um, yeah. the Year at Medina yes, Institute. What is um, you did the year and then you did another year if
1: I'm not mistaken. Yes. So what was the what was it just not enough after the first year? What was the feeling like after
2: the first year? The timeline was like so I left my job, um, and then I did the Year at Medina Institute and then I went um, back into the tourism industry. So I worked for a little, uh, for uh, about two years again. And then I went for Hajj. Okay. And then um, I wanted more. <laughs> I wanted more Dean. Yes. And the, the opportunity came up where um, the Madinah Institute was uh, piloting the second year. And they asked me if I wanted to join. And I was like, okay, well, I just came from Hajj. You know, it's like, in that zone pho- yes. oh, <laughs> so, mode.
1: <yes>. So <laughs> yes. why not? Yes. So yeah, so
2: that's, that's how
1: it happened. What has it um done for you? So because you it you started with you being at work and you said there was all these questions actually relate to it quite a bit. So you the girl in the scarf and everyone has these questions yeah. for you and all of that. What how has it changed your engagement after being there?
2: Um I think my Institute has given me um a new perspective. I think I have a more balanced view on um the dunya and that it's a tool that we use to build our Akhirah. And um in terms of my 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 religion as a way of life, I understand now why I do the things that I do. So I'm more confident in my explanation. When people ask me, so why why does Islam say this about women or, you know, why this or why that then I, I I'm I, I don't have all the answers, but I'm a lot more confident in um the Islam being the perfect way of life for me, yeah. even though people may disagree. Um, but I'm not shy in the sense that I'm inferior to their way of life, if that makes
1: sense. There's, there's obviously there's more confidence. Yes. 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 So, are you back in,
2: in, so, I, yeah, I work, um, mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, it's, it's, it's amazing how things worked out. So, um, I always felt like I was, um, previously I was working for myself, for, be able to survive in the dunya and to have nice things, That's yes. is basically why I was working. Um, but I also wanted something that's a bit more fulfilling. And um, so alhamdulillah, the job that I have now, it's in the public, sp- it's in the public space where my research is geared towards um, growing the tourism sector and um, with the aim of identifying opportunities that will grow this, the, the tourism sector and um, create jobs. So it's, uh, the, the greater goal is still humanitarian in a sense. I was actually
1: going to ask you, do you see um, in what you do? Because this is the first time I heard of a tourism, don't don't me, <laughs> 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 tourism research and, and Yes. Okay. So this is the first time I heard of that. And then, yeah, and then I did actually read up about it. Okay. You <laughs> do. Um, so um, do you, do you, is it linked, do you think, to the, to what you studied? it's
2: not directly linked but mm. I think that um, the fact that I'm the, 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 the goal of my job is for the betterment of society it ties in with Islamic values I think um, so it makes me feel like I'm not just working for my, myself mm. or a paycheck for myself but I'm actually contributing something to the community to our society okay
1: do you, do you have mentors? I think my
2: greatest mentor is probably my parents um my teachers, my parents, because uh, my father especially is, like I said, he was the person that inspired me to towards learning, uh, Dean specifically. So he and I are always talking about religion and um, he's always like, testing my knowledge to see if, still, <laughs> if I know my yes. work. So um, I think that's, it's, um, so in terms of mentorship, that, He's been a, um, a great inspiration for me. My mom is sort of the silent uh, uh, motivator. motivator yeah. that's, like, I, she's my go-to person. So if something, whatever, anything happens, well, I, like I'm a side mommy, I'm with my taxi turns. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anything that happens, I yes, my mother's it's opinion. But, <laughs> so I, 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 I value the input and the um, encouragement and support. And, Honestly, I mean, I think that if there's any good in me, it's because of their hard work and uh, perseverance in, in in grooming me um, and guiding and supporting me. And my teachers, um, the one thing that I appreciate um, about my institute is that, I think Sheikh Nenevi mentioned it when he was, I listened to his, for podcasts, yeah, is... um, so um, it's that they don't. Uh, it's not uh, um, they don't force any opinions on you. They basically give you um, tools to think for yourself, man. Um, and I genuinely appreciate that about Chich Nenui himself. Is that he's always encouraged uh, his students to um, to think. Not just to accept everything that is being said, but to research and think and, um, grow from that. Uh, my uh, we have very interesting, um, debates in class and it's fun and we laugh and we argue and it's really nice. And I think I still, um, many of my teachers, I, 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 um, there are too many of them to mention, but I still, like, I still have the, um, I'm still comfortable to go and ask them for advice and guidance. And um, as a woman specifically, I think that I value that because you don't always feel comfortable to go to the imam of the mosque and ask a question. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it's easier for 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 males, but I, I know for me as a woman, I I just felt like I didn't really have, other than my father, um, I didn't really have a, a, a place to go to where I can ask questions. My parents and my teachers, those so are my, my mentors. Somewhere along the way, we I mean, if you look at uh, the time of the Sahaba, anha, Aisha anha, was the top scholar. Yeah. And there were lots of men around her, but she was the top scholar. Mm-hmm. If you look in history, there were many, many female Islamic scholars that mm, the great imams learned from. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the way, we got this idea that women shouldn't learn anything. We should it's, it's it's that's for males, and that's it's detrimental because women are the first teachers of males. We, women are the teachers of the children, and I um, like the, the So at my university, I I do I also do enrichment classes. One of them is for uh, new Muslims or people who want to um, just refresh their Islamic knowledge. Um, and the one thing that stands out from them is that so many of them come purely because they have kids and they want to teach the kids.
1: They it's don't amazing, want yeah. it's it's it's, a,
2: it's yeah. amazing. It's they don't want the children to not have knowledge because they didn't learn. I think it's absolutely vital for women to gain knowledge in a way that's comfortable because. We are very busy. I mean, we, you generally, most of the time, you're busy with your family or children or whatever. So, um, to, it's important to kind of make time as much as you can, I think. So if it is that you can do maybe listen to one lecture a week or every two weeks or whatever the case may be, just something to keep you connected. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's vitally important. My DNAC offers like, enrichment courses mm-hmm. so it's like short maybe four six week courses mm-hmm. and I teach two of those courses one is called back to basics so it's focuses on akida who is Allah who what do we know about Allah how do we worship him and um, fiqh in terms of um, like how to mm-hmm. perform salah how to make wudu so it's 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 geared towards somebody who just either is a new Muslim and doesn't know any of this stuff or is a person who hasn't gone to Madrasa since 12 years old mm-hmm. and just doesn't know why we do the things that we do and just wants a, a start into basic Islamic knowledge. Yeah. And then the second one that I start, that we started um, recently mm-hmm. was, is um, called beginner's, A Beginner's Guide to Quran. Um, and it's just about like how the Quran was revealed, how was it preserved? You know, There's just the history around uh, the Quran.
1: Okay. What was the transition like from going from a student to actually not teaching? Uh, it's daunting. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, I think I was. I'm more yeah. nervous because what are my teachers going to say? My are <laughs> like, yeah. so, like watching me. <laughs> Am I embarrassing yes them? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think, uh, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's intimidating. It was very daunting, um, in the beginning, but then you kind of grow into it. And I think I learned more from the students than, um, they learn from me. Like there's so many, they have so many different stories and their, their perspectives are so varied. And it's, uh, it makes me, like their questions make me question more things, and mm-hmm. so I end up researching more and more. And I think uh, it also has helped me to uh, stay connected to my books. Because I think if I didn't do that, I would probably have forgotten most of what I learned at uh
1: You really do learn through
2: teaching. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Do you have a
1: favorite verse? A oh, uh,
2: favorite verse is in Surah Fussilat. Um, it says... Those, indeed, those who say our Lord is Allah and they um, and then they they are firm on that, then the angels descend on them and they say, uh, don't fear and don't grieve. We have glad tidings of Jannah which you have been promised. We are your allies in the dunya. Uh, in this life and the, the next. I think for me, um, it's a verse that, is, that's, that kind of stuck with me because it's not easy, it's not always easy to say, I am Muslim, proudly say I am Muslim and I believe in Allah. And then sticking to that belief. So following the Quran and the Sunnah is not always easy. I think in the times where it's been difficult um, that verse kind of keeps me um, grounded like I, I remember the objective so and the fact that that I uh, speaks about the angels being your allies means that you know is yeah. always, always with you man. And, um, I think yeah so yeah that verse probably I wouldn't say a favourite because he's a, a, kind of <laughs> yes. um, yeah, a favourite yeah. but yeah. that Swan one verse always, always stuck with
1: me. So we have a couple of questions on Instagram. Oh,
2: gosh. So <laughs> <laughs> a uh, question. from oh.
0: Sadiqa Khan. Mm-hmm. What are your personal feelings towards the last 10 days of your future? Yeah. The last... Uh, the first 10
2: days?
0: Yeah. The, uh, last, the, days, the, last, the yeah, days Yeah, yeah. Basically the last 10 days. Well, I think she means uh, the, the, the first 10 day. yeah, days. The yeah.
2: um, My personal feelings while... Um, so I just before the interview started, I was saying um, to Aisha that uh, today is the seventh of August. Is the day that two years ago I left Johannesburg for Hajj. So at um, this time, two years ago, I was standing at the airport in Medina on my way to Hajj. Um, so for me, it's um, it's it's it's, it's uh, kind of a, a bit of nostalgia, and it's also a bit sweet. Um, and I think the journey of Hajj is uh, it's indescribable. You you have a true appreciation for Hajj after you've been. If I speak about my journey, I think that that, that there's two things that stand out most for me about Hajj itself is um, one, it gives it gave me a, a a real perspective on life and how the dunya is a tool. For the Agra. and um, like it gave me perspective in how I view the world and how I view the, the year after. And um, I remember coming from um, Arafa, we we ended up we landed at Mustarifa only I think at one or two a.m. in the morning. So when I got off the bus, um, everybody had already been like lying down. So Mustarifa is just this huge plane of. Like, just open land. And everybody was lying down sleeping, basically. And um, so when I got off the bus, I saw, like, millions of bodies wrapped in white, lying on the floor. And um, and this is at 2 o'clock in the morning. So it's a it very scary sight for me. And um, uh, the ayah that came to my mind at the time was, When Allah sees an answer to the do they not know when the contents of the graves will be scattered about. So when I saw this scene, I thought, is this what Qiyama is going to be like? Like, it's super scary. So it really gave me a, a um, true understanding, yeah, true insight into the Akhirah and how important it is to work for, for that and not just for the dunya. The dunya has its purpose, but the Akhirah is more important.
1: Being a Muslim, do you mean... Um, being true to my word. Leadership is? Action. Islam to you is? A beautiful way of life. Being a female to you means? Strength. And um, smart mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can relate to you so many girls. Okay. Um, what is your definition of success? A heart that is content.
2: Yeah. I think that's,
1: yeah. A heart that is content with Allah is okay. success. So your final question, um what is, if if today was your, if this was the last thing you said to people, <laughs> what would be your Again, final words? Again, I heard words? this in your other podcast. <laughs> and <laughs> you knew still, it's coming. I, but, <laughs> I knew it's coming, but still,
2: huh? yeah. no answer. Okay. Um, I think if what was it? today? Was my last yeah, day Yeah, well,
1: this was like the last thing you could tell people basically. What would that be? Um,
2: don't waste time, like, be mindful of how you spend your days, how you spend your time. There's a saying by Imam Ghazali that your time is your life, and your life is your property, and it's the currency with which you um, interact with God. So be mindful of, of how you spend it. Thank
1: you, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank, Thank it Thank you Thank you for having me, Thank Thank you. For having me. And all For the future inshallah. Um, so that's it for today's show We hope you added value We hope you enjoyed it But most of all We hope our guests Inspired you to live with purpose Don't forget to Send us your suggestions Via info at AccidentalMuslims.com If you know anybody out there That is inspiring That's leading That's living with purpose Please uh, Do contact us
0: And Remember Feedback is our oxygen so follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamualaikum. نزعت أسرر قلبي وجبت ألقي أسايا وأشتكي طي صدري دربا سحيق العطايا به بدأت ولكن لم أدري ما متهايا لم أدري ياسي فيه ولا عرفت هدايا ولا عرف ظلامي ولا عرفت ضحايا ولا لغيرك دوى يا رب يوم الندايا يا صباحي مصفد بمسايا فاسكض ضياءك إني ضمأ نضل صدايا إليك أنت صباحي مصفد بمسايا فاسكض ضياءك إني ضمأ نضل صدايا لم أدري من أين بعى وشطنا ما فيه يطبي الأضاف حجايا رحمك يا رب اني وزور قيم الخطايا في نجه ليس فيها من الضياء بقايا جفت وغاضت ولكن مزلت أسجر رجايا yeah.